0: What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the tell TIS Podcast with your host, yours Shirley, Jai Shields, here on this Tuesday, December the 28th, the year 2021, second to last show of the 2021 calendar year. Hope you guys had a phenomenal, safe, and memorable uh, Christmas weekend. Lastly, lots to lots talk about as far as Week Sixteen National Football League is concerned. The recap: four games to go through here to start the program. Four games to go through in the second segment. Get to my Bengals, of course. Uh, you better believe. And uh, some news to get to as far as Carson Wentz, who looks like he will miss some time with uh, dealing with COVID. I have no sympathy for that man whatsoever, and we will get to that. Uh, coming up a little bit later on in the program. But where we begin is with the Christmas Day games, which, you know, weren't very good, to say the least. The NBA games weren't necessarily fantastic on Christmas Day either, but we will begin with the NFL Christmas Day games from Saturday, beginning with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Excuse my brother for, you know, being extra, you know, loudly clearing his throat in the background, but we will begin with the Cleveland Browns and the Green Bay Packers. Packers taking care of business in their 24-22 victory as Baker Mayfield was just absolutely horrendous in the game through four interceptions, could have easily thrown about five or six. Uh, You know, 21 of 36, 222, two touchdowns, four interceptions, got sacked five times, I mean, one of the worst games I've ever seen, excuse me, seen Baker Mayfield play as a pro. I mean, and and during that final drive, during Cleveland's final offensive drive of the game, you know, you had a feeling in the back of your mind, Mayfield's going to throw. Because because almost like, well, you hadn't thrown an interception in X amount of time. He's due for one in about five minutes. So if you were watching that game... You know, with no dog in a fight, if you weren't betting it, or if you, uh, or if you weren't a Browns or a Packers fan, you you were watching that game going, huh? Only a matter of time, and then you know Baker Mayfield's gonna throw that back-breaking, uh, game-clinching, game-ending interception that cost Cleveland when they had a when they had a chance to march down the field and put the ball in the end zone and st- and steal a game from the Green Bay Packers. You know the Green Bay, you know the Packers got to do a better job of finishing off these games. Uh, that's, that's, that's an obvious point. That's the Casey point. You got to do a much better job of finishing off these games. You know, the fact that Baker Mayfield threw four interceptions in a game and the Browns still had a chance to win is a massive indictment on the Green Bay Packer offense, which, which got stagnant in the second half, only mustering up. Only mustering up one lousy field goal in two quarters in the third and fourth quarter, uh, and was shut and was shut and was completely shut out in the fourth quarter. That speaks to uh, Lafleur. That speaks to Rodgers. That speaks to their offense. You know, when the opposing quarterback throws four interceptions in a game, you got to you, you got you got to make him pay for it by running away with it and winning 24-22. Uh, is not exactly you know putting them away. You know, the defense should never been put in a situation to see if they can force Baker Mayfield to throw a fourth interception when he had already thrown the previous three. The defense should have been put in a situation where uh, you know should have been, should have not been put into a situation where they had to stop the Browns in their final offensive drive f- f- to cement Green Bay to a, you know the nail in the coffin for Green Bay to win the game. Aaron Rodgers in that offense. You know that game should have that game. They should have been up what? It was twenty one. It was twenty one twelve at half. It was twenty one twelve at halftime. That game should have been about. They Packers should have had about damn near thirty points at halftime. Thirty, because Baker Mayfield was absolutely abysmal, and and you know the only thing I was working for him on uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon was the fact that Nick Chubb. You know, was just absolutely phenomenal. Seventeen carries, a buck twenty six, ran for a touchdown. You know, people are killing. Uh, people are killing the Browns. You know, how can you abandon the run? How can you abandon the run? Nick Chubb had. You know, Nick Chubb was, was was phenomenal throughout the entire game. And it's like, well, you guys have to keep. Well, you guys have to keep in mind one thing, okay? The Cle- Okay, because the Cleveland Browns they were hovering around midfield. Less than a minute left in the game, and they needed a t- and they needed a touchdown to win it. One like, or excuse me, they didn't need a field goal to win. It. They were only down three. But you get, but you get the, or excuse me, they were only down two. A field goal would have won them the game. But you understand the idea. You know, you don't want to run the you don't want to run the risk of of running the ball. You get a holding penalty, moves your back. You know, you got to deal with the holding penalty, ten second runoff. So I so should they have fed Nick Chubb a little bit more throughout their final drive than they did previously? Yes, a thousand percent, absolutely. But I'm not going to kill him essentially for, um, from essentially. A second and six, the second and six on where they decided to throw, where they, you know, where they kind of decided to pick up the pace as went around the time they got to the Packers, uh, around the time they got to uh, midfield where they decided to throw the ball. Now, should have Baker, now and the same breath, did they, ha- did Baker Mayfield have any business to drop back the pass one, two, three, four, five straight consecutive plays? No, he shouldn't have. It should have been second and six. You want to throw the ball, pass it. If you want to throw the ball, second and six, I I'll live with it. I, me personally, would have ran for it on second and six. And and whatever you don't get, if it's if you get stopped for no gain, or you use a, or you lose a yard or two. You you know put the ball in Mayfield's hands to pass it, see if we get the first down to keep the game alive. But I'm not gonna. It, it wasn't heresy that the Cleveland Browns decided to call a couple pass plays once they got to uh, midfield, threatening inside Packers territory with less than a minute left on the game clock. I mean, I understand Nick Chubb was the was their best offensive player in the game on Saturday, and he and he and he had a by far a much 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 better game than Baker Mayfield did. I get that. I understand that. But, you know, you can only run the ball one one, one so many times for the defense to wise up and say, oh, hey, they have no confidence in their quarterback. I understand Nick Chubb, you know, we haven't haven't been able to find answers for Nick Chubb all afternoon, but he's getting the football. And you don't think they're going, and you don't think they're they're not going to stack the box to be, to to prep for for one of two things: one to make sure Nick Chubb doesn't go anywhere, and if they do decide to pass, and and it ends up being a, and it ends up being a a play action, it ends up being and it ends up being like a play action bootleg type type of uh, type of play call. You know they're gonna send the house and make Baker Mayfield. You know, you got a second and a half, two seconds even to get rid of the football, or else, we're, or else we're coming for you. And we know you're banged up, and you've and you were abysmal throwing the football all, all afternoon. So, I think that was part of Stefanski's sequence of trying to keep the Green Bay Packer defense on its toes to not get to the point where they're too predictable, where it's like, oh, okay. All we gotta do is stack the box, and we'll either stop Nick Chubb in his tracks with the running clock, or if they, or if they decide to pass, and it's and it's a play action, you know, whether it be whether it be in uh, in the pistol, single back, I form, you name it, weak, strong, you name it, whatever uh, formation you wanna you wanna choose. You, Baker Mayfield knows he's got a second and a half, two seconds even, to make sure that ball's out of his hands, or we're coming, or we're coming, or we're coming uh, up the gap, stre- screaming, ready to put it, ready to put him on his behind. When he had already thrown three interceptions previously in the game and did not take care of the football and was just embarrassingly bad on Saturday afternoon, so I, 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 I can't kill Stefanski for doing that but the packers got to learn how to put these games away simply put. You know, they they let they let Baltimore they let Baltimore the Baltimore, they were up 31-17 against Baltimore. You know, the Baltimore was competitive for the good part of the game. You saw Green Bay start to pull away a little bit. Then all of a sudden Green Bay's offense got stagnant. They couldn't move the ball and their defense got lax and got lazy. Next thing you know, you blink it's 30 it's 31-30. Baltimore, you know, lining up for a two-point conversion to take the to uh, take the lead and go out in front with 42 seconds left in regulation. Green Bay's got to do a better job putting these games away, playing simple, because 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 you can't do if you can't do it against Baltimore, that you know, riddled and injured, to hell and back with 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 uh, season with their star players with season season-ending season-ending injuries. COVID, whole nine yards. You can't put the... And I understand Baltimore is a hell of a coach. And, you know, last week, they you know, they went like they were tanking. They were, you know, competing to try to maintain in first place in the AFC North, you know, competing for a playoff spot as well. But if you can't put... You couldn't put a... Uh, a a, a quote-unquote JV Baltimore team away with Tyler Huntley, a quarterback, and you can't put a Browns team away where literally their entire offense is one guy and Kareem Hunt who who the Green Bay Packers defense had no answers for all afternoon long and, you know, and Bacon Mayfield was atrocious, you know, serving up up, uh, free turnovers on Christmas Day left and right. You allow the Cleveland Browns to hang in the game like that not exactly an encouraging sign uh for a team that's sh- that wants to consider themselves Super Bowl contenders coming out of the National Football Conference. Got it you gotta call it like you see it. Game number two, Indianapolis Colts going up against the uh the Arizona Cardinals. Indianapolis Colts, you know, it's uh it's Jonathan Taylor's world and we're just living in it. 22-16 was the final score. I'll get to the Arizona Cardinals in a minute. An absolute uh fraudulent uh football team they are. But Jonathan Taylor again, I tell you something right now, especially because you know Wentz is going to miss a game because of COVID, which I'll get to later on in the program. Colts make the playoffs, and especially if Jonathan Taylor goes out there and has a career game. Uh, and has a career game up against, who do the Colts play on Sunday, just so I know. Yeah, goes out there and has a career game against Vegas on Sunday. I want Aaron Rodgers, not Brady, uh-uh. Jonathan Taylor should get 2021 NFL MVP. Especially if he saves Winces hide on Sunday and goes out there and on 25 carries, rushes for a buck 94 and three touchdowns. If Jonathan Taylor does that on Sunday, I don't see how the hell you, you, you could give the MVP to anybody but Jonathan Taylor. Especially if he goes out there and balls his tail off against the Raiders on Sunday. And the Raiders are not, are not exactly a, a great football team at stopping the run to begin with anyway. But anyway, back to the Colts-Cardinals game from Christmas night. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 27 carries, a buck 08 uh, on the ground. Carson Wentz made some, made some unbelievable throws. Uh, one of them with a touchdown in the back of the end zone uh, was just, you know, w- you know one fantastic 18-28 to tenant completions, 225. When we have Jonathan Taylor as a running back, you really don't have to uh, throw the ball. You really don't have to like take over the game with, you know, the way that you see a lot of quarterbacks, you know, the Dak Prescott's, the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world. Those are the first two that come to mind. Every single time you look on the box score, they're throwing the ball 30, 35, 40 plus times every single, you know, every single time you, you know, you watch the game, you turn around, you look at the box score after the fact, but made some unbelievable throws. Uh, against that Arizona Cardinals secondary on on Christmas night, uh, Colts did a did a fabulous job defensively, stopping the Cardinals in their tracks with no Darius Leonard in the game uh, as well. I mean, phenomenal job by the Colts defense. They uh, although they did not sa- although they did not uh, sack Colin Murray and they didn't you know blow you out the water when it came to uh when it came to force and turnovers there were no turnovers in this game to speak of whatsoever but they uh but they only allowed the Cardinals in the red zone one only allowed the Cardinals in the red zone twice they only uh they uh they only allowed the Cardinals in the red zone twice they held Kyle Murray and company to uh, not in company but they held Kyle Murray to 27 to 43 Two forty-five, one touchdown pass in the game. He was their leading rusher with only seventy-four yards on the ground on four carries, uh, and he uh, and they kept and they did a phenomenal job of keeping the Cardinals' offense in check the majority of the night. With Arizona also being one of three on fourth downs in the game and six of thirteen on third down throughout the sequence of the four quarters on Saturday night. I tell you something right now. You know the Cardinals. You know who started the season undefeated. At one point in time, they were the only undefeated team uh, left in football. For them to go on, I mean, they're they're ten and five, and they're three and four at home. I mean, you can't be taken seriously as a Super Bowl contender, and taken seriously as a powerhouse in the NFC. That when the, that when your back's up against the wall, you push your chips in the middle of the table. You know that 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 has to you know that may be put into a situation where they have to go to where they have to uh, go to the wall and go 12 rounds with the with the big bad boys in the NFC and the bucks and in the green bay packers so they lost too early in the season that's that's not encouraging especially when we started season 10 and 0 you know Kyle Murray was playing well Cliff Kingsbury looks like he had righted his wrongs from his late season failure back in 2020 and it's and it's like Groundhog's day same old same old with the Ari, with the Arizona Cardinals I mean to close up the schedule, so they got Dallas on the road and home against Seattle. And for, and for their offense not to show up against Indianapolis is is is, is not, is just is damning. And what was even more damning was the fact that they did nothing. And I don't hear no excuse about no DeAndre Hopkins nonsense. You traded for Zach Ertz. A.J. Green is a former All-Pro. Kyler Murray is a Pro Bowler. Okay? Get, get the job done. Okay? Get the job done had you. At one point in time, you had the best record in all of football, and now, and now all of a sudden, you're only one game better than the one game better in the win loss column than the than the than the Cincinnati Bengals, who you know who at one point who, you know were at or who were five and four at one point in the season, and you guys were nine and zero. Oh. So I don't want to hear DeAndre none nonsense. Kalamariol says has to do it has to get more at him. Too many inaccurate throws downfield. He and his wide receivers are not on not on the same page. Underthrowing his wide receivers, overthrowing his wide receivers when they run when they run a uh, go routes down the sideline where they you know where his balls veer veer their way you know into the stands or out of bounds on the sideline. He's got he's got to get it together. He's got to get it together. Team was un- team was undisciplined. They had a they had a they had a uh, bad they had a bad snap that ended up resulting in a in an intentional grounding penalty, which result in the end zone, which resulted in a safety. I mean, it was, they were just they were undisciplined. They were not ready to play. They were not buttoned up. I mean, listen. I mean, listen to the listen to these stat lines. They were one of three on fourth. They were one of three on fourth down on Saturday night. They were they uh, they were they had 11 penalties for, they had 11 penalties for 85 yards they only made it into the end zone twice they only got one touchdown out of it i mean i mean is that is that championship level football cliff kingsbury is it Cardinals got to get together quick fast in a hurry they do. and now they're in a situation and now they're in a situation where it looked like they were going to run away to no fault necessarily of the Los Angeles Rams but like they were going to run away with the with the NFC West now all of a sudden they're in second place behind be, behind Los Angeles by a game and if they're not and if they're not careful the Rams can end up with with the with the 3 of the 2 seed and the Cardinals would be the one that would end up with the 5 and would have to go on the road to Whoever finishes with the four it could be the can, most likely will not be Green Bay, but it could be Dallas, it could be Tampa uh and or or they could have a rematch against the Rams wildcard weekend. You know, one point they best record in all of football, best record in the NFC, had an opportunity to get the number one seed. You get the two seed, okay, you don't get the bye, but if you win Wild Court weekend, you you get yourself an extra uh home game divisional round weekend. Now they're sitting at the five seed in second place behind the Rams by a game who they do not at the who they do not uh who they do not uh i believe have tiebreaker who they not who, who they do not i believe have tie over uh the because if because the because they both split in a regular season and the rams have an 8 and 3 conference record and the cardinals conference record is is uh is sitting at 6 and at sitting at 6 and 4 and now the Cardinals in a situation where Wild Card Weekend they gotta hop on a plane, and unless they got unless they are fortunate, where they gotta play Dallas again, or fly south to Tampa, or you know, so they might, so they might not. If Green Bay holds on to the one seed, and they, they might not have to play a cold weather game Wild Card Weekend. It'll either be you know in a warm climate, or if it's Dallas, it'll be in the dome. But still. I mean, the you had the opportunity right there in front of you to get the number one seed and put the NFC West away, and you guys are cho- are are choking and collapsing down the stretch like you always do. Shameful, Cliff Kingsbury. Shameful. Buffalo Bills. Good to see that they are are all, that they. Righted their wrongs from their uh from their loss against New England at the beginning of the month of December, as they took care of business against uh new england and foxborough thirty three twenty one fantastic job to see the Buffalo bills right their wrongs offensively you, you kind of have to put a little i i don't i don't like saying it when it comes to, when it comes to things like this, but you kind of have to put a little asterisk next to their first meeting up at Orchard Park because the weather was just so wicked and was just so uh, ridiculous that that you know that that essentially was was uh, was just Belichick being the smartest and the best football guy on on the field, player and coach during that Monday night. You didn't expect, and I can't remember who I had picked to win this game, but you knew going in that the weather was was not under any circumstances going to be the same as it was at Orchard Park. So you kind of, so you kind of had in the back of your mind had the had the mindset of, well, well, you kind of have to take their first meeting with a grain of salt and put it in a vacuum, because of the fact of 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 the weather and the and the conditions and the circumstances that came with playing in a game that cold with the wind whipping around that crazy, dealing with dealing with the threat of snow and sleet that occurred. Uh, d- that occurred during pregame. Josh Allen. I mean, wh- goodness, what? A, I mean, it, you. This guy is. I don't know wh- how many. What more nice things I can say about him? This guy has heart, passion. You know, th- he puts his body out there on the line. I'm, I'm sitting up here. I didn't pay attention to it closely live in real time because I was, of course, more locked into the Bengals and Ravens game going on. But when I went back and and, and looked at and looked at the uh, and looked at the cond- and looked at the uh Condensed NFL Game Pass version. I'm saying, looking at myself, I'm cringing at some of the hits he's taking because I know, like you know, one false move, one bad hit, he gets hit in the wrong spot, and the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Bills season is over, and they're screwed. Not to mention, Josh Allen probably misses probably misses some time. In the in the beginning portions of the 2022 season, and I and I'm wincing and grimacing and cringing watching Josh Allen go out there and put his body on the line, and he just says, you know what? Screw it. We do not. We my I am my team's running game. We do not have. We do our running game is one of the weakest in the National Football League. We have little to no running backs to speak of whatsoever. So screw it, I'll put my body out there on the line. If I gotta go out there and scramble on a on a third and long or on a fourth and short to uh, to keep the drive alive, to keep the ball moving down the field, to keep the chains moving down the field, then damn it I I will be I have no problems with doing so. And you saw that with his twelfth carry, sixty four yard uh rushing effort against New England on on Sunday afternoon and of course it's 30 for 47 314 3 touchdown passing day against the Patriots uh against the Patriots a few days ago uh McKenzie with a phenomenal receiving day 11 receptions 125 yards of receiving and a touchdown catch, Stephon Diggs had a decent day at the office. Seven receptions, 85 yards, kind of touchdown pass as well. Good to see the Buffalo Bills get back on track offensively and uh, and and split the season series with the Patriots at one game apiece with the road with the road team uh, winning both games. And on the New England Patriots side of things, listen, the one negative you see about Buffalo is the fact that. You know they did a better job of stopping the run against New England this time, you know in the first game, New England ran for over two hundred yards against them on the ground. On Sunday, only ran for 149, and Harris on 18 carries, you know, got 103. So, so their run defense is still very suspect and still would be an Achilles heel and something to watch out for and pay attention to, as the see as the uh, as the Bill season moves along and once you uh, get into playoff time in, in early mid January. So, I, I still would pay attention to that, especially if they have to, if they got to play the Colts again, if they if they play if they're in a position where they have to play Tennessee when once Derrick Henry comes back or or if they or if they're in a situation knock on wood, if they gotta play the Bengals, which is which is a phenomenal running which is a phenomenal uh which not phenomenal but is a very good uh, but has a very good rushing attack as well. I'd be concerned about that for, for, from the Buffalo side of things on defense. They did a better job, you know, no two, it didn't allow them to run for over 200 yards this time, but still, you know, one as a team, 149-3 touchdowns and, and 103 of those 149 contribute to one player is not exactly, you know, something to do backflips over, but hey, you know, a win is a win, and you'll take whatever small baby steps of improvement that uh, that you will get. And outside of really Damian Harris, with uh, Harris with the with the uh, with the rushing attack, with his eighteen carries and his three touchdowns, outside of Damian Harris's performance, uh, you know the Patriots really didn't do a whole hell of a lot. They they scored one touchdown per quarter outside of the first. Um, Mac Jones, fourteen to thirty-two, one forty-five, got sacked once through through two interceptions. Second one was a horrendous interception. The first one kinda got unlucky. The ball got popped up, the ball got was off his receivers. I believe he was trying to hit Nelson Aguilar, who was who was uh and I gotta be and I gotta be honest, that ball also to uh you know, all things being equal, all things being fair, Mac Jones had zero business throwing that football under any circumstances. Uh that ball should not have been thrown with uh, with Nelson Igar, I believe that's who he was throwing it to, who was tightly covered so that you know, so that falls on the shoulders of uh that falls that falls on the shoulders of um no, it was Nikhil Harry, I apologize. Uh so that falls on the shoulders of Mac. But he did get a bad bounce, and and it fell victim to the tip, tip drill. But this is what you worry about if you're the Patriots. You know the Patriots, all those years with Brady at quarterback. You know as long as you got Tom Brady, that man, if you're up behind the game side, as long as you got TB12, you're gonna be all right. And you know a lot of people were very, and you know who you are, who are very quick to crown Mac Jones and and, and make all these comparisons, Mac Jones to Tom Brady. I hope after seeing that game on Sunday, you guys, you know, th- who were waving the pom poms for Mac Jones, uh, you know, uh, pump the pump the brakes just a, just a little bit. One, he's a rookie. Two, he's not Brady. I, I never had, you know, isn't yet, and I and I think, in my honest opinion, never will be. So so pump the brakes on that premise. But also, you know, he's a rookie. You know, and rookies, uh, ro- rookies now and then are going to play like rookies and. And he is not at that point yet in his career where he is fully equipped from the quarterback position to bring his team up out of the ditch and bring his team back from a, from a significant deficit and be able to make plays with his arm downfield, take the game over, put the ball in his hands, and woefully bring his team to victory. And he he just done now mate now again he's a rookie, he's got plenty of time and it's not the end of the world. I get that. But but when you're in a situation like the Patriots where you're in rebuild mode while also competing while also competing for a division title in a playoff spot, that's a horrendous loss. You know, that now that you split Buffalo, you lost to uh you lost to um the uh who'd you lose to? You lost to the Colts the The week before, it's a bad loss, and in New England at nine at nine and six, they also like Arizona does not have a great uh, home record. They fell to three and five with with their uh, with their twelve point loss on Sunday as well. You know they they, in all estimation, kind of played themselves out of 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 uh, winning the AFC East title again back-to-back on seven seven rows great fantastic fine and dandy but you know you cu- you couldn't afford those back-to-back losses couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor one week, and then you know. But we all know Buffalo Bills aren't a running football team. But then the game after, then the game after that, you allow Josh Allen to throw for three hundred and fourteen four, and three touchdown passes, and you don't force, and you don't, you don't sack him, you don't get to him, and you didn't force not one turnover. That's not something to be proud of. If I was Bill Belichick and company, and how about the reporter having enough self-awareness not to ask Bill Belichick what his New Year's re- resolutions are? You know, coming coming after that gut 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 wrenching gut punching loss that might have that might have ended up and all that estimation causing him the division. How about the reporter have a little bit of self awareness, read the room, read the read the temperature of the room a, a little bit, and realize it's not it's not exactly a, a genius or journalism one on one idea to ask Bill Belichick. Uh, yeah, Bill, I understand you just lost the game, 12 points to your division rival. Uh, in gut-punching fashion, when you've when you won seven straight, and now all of a sudden you're uh, nine and six with back-to-back losses, and your chances of winning the AFC East and getting a home game is is rather bleak. But oh yeah, what what are your new? And we're only one and we're only one day removed from the Christmas holiday, by the way. But what are your New Year's resolutions? I mean, really, really. Rams at the Vikings, you know, Matthew Stafford, I, I say this, you know, way too reckless, way too reckless with the football. Does he have talent? Does he have arm talent? Yes. Everybody wants me to think Matthew Stafford is some big time NFL quarterback. Well, you know, I I got to see it, especially during this time of the year. He says, has, has he had a nice season? Yes. Did he get snubbed from going to the Pro Bowl? Yes, absolutely. And I'm not a Stafford fan, but he got snubbed from going to the Pro Bowl. Here's the bottom line about Matthew Stafford you play the Packers, the Cowboys, the Buccaneers, 49ers, who the Rams never beat. You play any of those teams. Cardinals, you know, Cardinals, you know, coin flip, you never know. Uh but you, you play the Cowboys, the Packers, or the 49ers in the playoffs, and Matthew Stafford puts up t- puts up a stat line of twenty-one of thirty-seven, one ninety-seven, three interceptions, and only one touchdown pass. Tell you something right now. They could have Deacon Jones, DeMarco Farr. They the, the the entire fearsome foursome, along with Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and 2015 Von Miller. And the Rams would still, still end up packing their bags and headed back west to L.A. with their tail in between their legs with yet another playoff loss. You play like that, Matthew Stafford, essentially less than a month from now, your playoff record will improve or will go to, I should say, 0-4. If he puts up a stat line like that against, against a against a against a far more superior team than the can't get out of their own way Minnesota Vikings, he, he'll be it won't won't be no SoFi Stadium Super Bowl. He play, he plays like that. So Matthew Stefford better think as lucky stars that Mike Zimmer is on his way out the door, that the Vikings can't get out of their that the Vikings can't get out of their own way. That that the Vikings defense had zero had zero answers for stopping Sony Michelle, who had a fantastic day of the office twenty seven carries a buck thirty one one touchdown, and he also better think his lucky stars that O'dell had a decent that O'dell had a decent game and that Cooper cup was his wide receiver because Matthew Stafford was painfully inept on Sunday and he plays like that less than a month in about two three weeks from now he's going he and the and the l a Rams are going to be sorry, and again, I could care less who they have at defense. You turn over the you turn over the football three times. That's not a recipe for Super Bowl championship winning football. I don't care. I don't care who is on your damn defense. You could have the eighty five Bears out there. You turn over the football three. To, you turn over the football three times and was as bad as he was throwing the football against the Vikings like he was on Sunday. Ain't a chance in the hell you win. You winning anything. But a first-class plane ticket back to L.A. to spend the to spend the rest of the winter and all and all throughout the spring and summer. That's where we begin. The Amateur IS podcast rolls on right after this. Welcome back to the Amitalki um, TIS podcast. Getting to the second part, half of our recap, uh, you know, the Chargers, you know, you want to talk about a team that just wakes up every day not knowing what the heck to be. I mean, that that, that personifies that organization to a t. How in the world are you a team that can't, that had 10 days, 10 days to recuperate, regroup, refocus from your overtime, thrilling loss by the... It was a thrilling football game. Thrilling loss to the division rival Kansas City Chiefs in your building. You have 10 days to recuperate and to regroup from it. And you guys go on the road at 8-6 and six with essentially the division out of your reach and out of your control. Go to Houston, Texas against the Houston Texans, one of the worst teams in the National Football League, one of the most dysfunctional organizations in all of American professional sports. How in the world, how on God's green earth do you guys go down to Houston, Texas and lose to Davis Mills and the Houston Texans by the final score of 41 to 29? Can somebody explain to me how in the world that 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 is even remotely possible. At least the at least the Bengals lost lost to the Jets by a score. At least they fought back and lost to the to the Chicago Bears in week two. You know, within like a within a touchdown, within a field goal. I mean, I thought the Cardinals lost to the Lions was bad. This arguably might be even worse because the Detroit Lions, you know, they're a bad team, but you feel at least inspired watching them play. They have a, at least are trying to to build the foundation of a team that is looking to win in the future. Jared Goff has, you know, has played in a Super Bowl. Dan Campbell is, is a decent coach. Players play hard for them. Houston Texans, what do they have? But controversy, lousy play, uninspiring football, and pure and utter turmoil. From the Deshaun Watson foolishness to the DeAndre Hopkins trade, J.J. Watt winning out of there, the toxic ownership, you name it. And yeah, you guys go out there and land egg 41 20. I mean, I did, I mean that that is the worst loss by far of the week. Not Washington getting destroyed by the Cowboys, but but the Chargers getting stomped by the Houston Texans on the road. To, to where they're at, 8 and set, where they're at 8 and 7 and their remaining schedule to close out the season home against Denver and on the road against Vegas. And that Vegas game is no gimme because now all of a sudden the Raiders have somehow, some way, risen from the dead and are in, in a situation where they can make the playoffs, which is absolutely hard to believe. I mean, and I hear Justin Herbert this, Justin Herbert that. I mean, two interceptions. I mean, two, two, two interceptions. Couldn't run the ball worth a damn. And their defense, and this is more about Staley realistically than it is Herbert, or Herbert did not play great in the game. Brandon Staley, you know, Mr. Defensive Guru, Mr. Defensive Genius. I mean, Davis Mills threw six incompletions throughout the entire game. Two touchdown passes, only got sacked one time. No turnovers. And Rex Burkhead ran for hundred and forty nine yards on twenty two carries and two touchdowns. Missed the mister missed Staley missed the defense. Really? I understand any given Sunday. I don't hear no excuse about Austin Eckler. When when you're playing a 4 and 11 football team that's that's going nowhere but up the but up the draft order for the 2022 NFL Draft this upcoming spring. I want to hear any excuse about injuries or COVID with Austin Eckler. Not one ear out the other. Win the games. Win the games. They were. They were. They were. They were three and eleven heading into this game. Win the games. I don't hear no excuses. Brandon Staley missed defense. The Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs. You go back to the Chief game, which it looks like you know you the Chiefs dropped thirty four points on you. Houston dropped forty one. I mean, really. And I am supposed to take you seriously as a big time defensive coach? That's unacceptable. Speaking of unacceptable, how about the lack of effort from the Pittsburgh Steelers and their loss to the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, typically if it's a, if it's just a non-competitive <clears throat> excuse me, blowout like that, I typically I don't I don't usually talk about it unless it's a big time storyline or big time controversy to be, you know, to to take away from the game, but you know, Pittsburgh was just absolutely pathetic. I mean, they went in they went into halftime, the the halftime deficit heading into the half where Pittsburgh's offense was just absolutely inept. And they were down 20 they were down 23 nothing at halftime. And if Kansas and if Kansas City had any semblance of a kicker, because Mister Harrison Butker sitting on his uh, on his high and mighty pedestal, Mister My Body My Choice, and would have gotten vaccinated. Kansas City probably would have would have been would have given them the Bengals treatment, and would have been up about thirty-one 31 nothing by halftime. And if the, and if the, think about it, if the Kansas City Chiefs had Harrison Butker, had Harrison Butker health, had Harrison Butker and Travis Kelsey healthy because Kelsey didn't play in the game either. Hill did, but Kelsey didn't. If they would have had Harrison Butker and and Travis Kelsey healthy, Kansas City Chiefs would have dropped the, and I'm going to say this without fear of contradiction. Kansas City Chiefs, if Butker and Kelsey was healthy, they would have dropped 50 points on Pittsburgh on Sunday afternoon. And would have dropped about th- and would have dropped about 30 of the 50 on them by halftime. Pittsburgh's defense was atrocious. They were inept. The play calling was absolutely mind-boggling. Fourth and short, Pittsburgh decides to go for it and they go and they go for a halfback sweep to the right. With Najee Harris, who, who weighs like 262 pounds. I mean, run the ball up in there! I mean, really, Matt Canada? I mean, with, with the Steelers, you get one of two extremes. You get the Steeler team that somehow stays in the game, remains competitive, although their offense sleepwalks and the defense does a halfway decent job, so... You know, fourth quarter comes around. They play renegade, and all of a sudden the team wakes up from the dead. Offense puts together a couple of nice drives, and they steal a game. They have no business winning. It's either that Steeler team shows up, or the Steeler team that sleepwalks through three quarters, but was but was DOA midway through the second, and and, and the game was completely out of reach, and their chances of winning the game were at, were in the pits of hell by halftime that Steeler team shows up. One that show that keeps the game competitive, although although lethargic and uninspiring for three quarters that wakes up suddenly in the fourth, or the Steeler team that just flats out just doesn't show up. You know, their bodies are there, but their brains are us elsewhere. They just flat out just don't show up and they just get thrown around up and down the field and and, and, and overpowered, overmatched and just in football terms, abused for four quarters, and just get and they get just downright embarrassed. Offense can't can can't move the ball, can't move the ball downfield worth an inch. The defense can't stop a freaking thing, and and the coaching it's just you know would, would and, and and the coaching would make Lombardi and would make Chuck Knoll roll around in their graves three times over. That's another extreme with Pittsburgh. And Sunday you got the second extreme. The Titan game you got the first extreme. Sunday you got the second extreme. The second extreme that we saw in the Bengals game, Thanksgiving weekend. Where they where they just show, where they where they where they went to the game, their their bodies were there, their bodies were there, their, they, their bodies were presently in at the game in uniform on the field, but their brains and their performance and their football IQ, coaches included, was somewhere else. Where they were just overpowered, overmatched, and their opponent imposed their will on them right from the opening snap, and the game was over in a complete utter domination by halftime. And you saw the same thing, I mean, you saw the same thing from Kansas City against Pittsburgh on Sunday like he did from Cincinnati against Pittsburgh Thanksgiving weekend a month ago. Mahomes threw seven incompletions only had seven incompletions, three touchdown passes on on the game. As a team, they had a decent day running the football for 127 yards, one touchdown on the ground. Pringle had a decent a- Pringle had a decent afternoon. McC- caught two touchdown passes and McCole Hardman caught a touchdown pass. And their defense just absolutely just dominated Pittsburgh, dominated them. From the Deontay Johnson, you know, dropping the football, you know, carrying it like it's a wet bar of soap, like a loaf of bread. I mean, do do these guys teach ball security? For crying out loud, Ben but Ben Rockersberger fumbling the football. I mean, Matt Canada with his bonehead asinine play calling. I mean, it was just absolutely a mess and an absolute disgrace to 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 the sport and to the Steelers organization. They were offensive to the senses. On Sunday afternoon, offensive to the senses. They were offensive to every football fan that watched the game on Sunday afternoon. They were offensive to every Steeler game watching that game. They were offensive to every Steeler legend, whether it be player or coach. Watching that game on Sunday afternoon, they were offensive to the city of Pittsburgh. They were offensive to the sport of football. They were offensive to the NFL. They were offensive to the state of Pennsylvania. They were offensive to the United States of America. They were offensive to the human race as a whole. They were disgusting on Sunday afternoon. Disgusting. Disgusting. Speaking of disgusting, Washington won that much better. Absolutely destroyed by the Cowboys. You know that game also was another one of those games where where the team ju- just got dominated and destroyed. Damn it, right from the opening snap, and you could have turned the game. This the Chiefs game you could have turned off at halftime. This game you could have turned off middle of the second quarter. That game was so bad. I mean, if 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 it, if it wasn't if it wasn't you know the Sunday during the Christmas holiday, you know people could have people could have went to bed at could have went to bed at a, at a decent time would have gotten a nice nine plus hours of sleep, preparing to get up and go to work go to school the next morning. If that if that game if that game wasn't played you know during during the uh, during the uh, holiday week, but because it's a holiday week. Nine times out of ten, people don't have to go to work, go to school the next day. You know, they they you know they're caught in a bind. Well, this game, well, this game is bad. I can't go to bed because you know, because what I got to do tomorrow. But but the game is an absolute bore. What else am I going to do? I didn't every Christmas movie you know to last a lifetime. The last couple of days. You know, the Christmas spirit isn't exactly the same as far as you be, as far as you being full to the Christmas spirit with the max because Christmas is coming gone. You know, see so you leaving America, you know, twittering with their thumbs, what are they gonna do for the next two and a half hours to so about eleven o'clock at night because Washington didn't bother to show up against Dallas at at, uh, at Jerry World on Sunday night. They too were an absolute disgrace. Disgraceful. Heineke was pathetic. Offensive line was putrid. Uh, the, the Marcus Lawrence had a nice uh, had a nice uh, uh, t- had a nice touchdown in the game. Washington could not run the football worth a crap. Uh, it's just utter complete domination. Domination. Dak Prescott 330, Four touchdown passes in the game. Domination. Domination. And again. You know, every single time Washington starts feeling themselves and starts and, you know, starts to get gets to smell themselves a little bit thing that they, you know, all that in a bag of chips as far as them being a decent uh, playoff threatening football team. And it's we want Dallas. We want Dallas every single time. Every single time they say we want Dallas and or, and, or they poke the bear. They they end up paying for it, and they walk and they, and they walk away from that from that from those football games with their pants around their ankles and their tail in between their legs. Every single time they do it, they get burned. Every single time. And a Monday night game, like like last week's, was, was unwatchable. Saints, Saints, you know, their their team was compromised with COVID to Helen back. Ian Book, you know, I understand the Saints offensive line was 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 abysmal and was offensive to the census, but his decision making his decision making wasn't exactly, you know, the likes of Drew Brees in the game on on Monday night. All Brian Flores and the Dolphins had to do was just stack the box with six, seven, eight guys in the box. All-out blitz, Ian Book. You got a second and a half to make up your mind. What you are gonna do with the football? And 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 you're gonna end up on your behind. You know, more times, more times. Than you can shake a stick at, and that's exactly what happened. Two ain't that much great either. But the but the but the Dolphins essentially took advantage of the fact that the Saints had a bunch of turnstiles as their offensive linemen on Monday night, and the Miami Dolphins didn't and that my and that Miami had a, had a had a had a somewhat not somewhat but they had a second year quarterback obviously more experienced at the NFL level at the quarterback position Tua than his than his uh, than his uh, than the latter in Ian Book but that game was an absolute complete complete Now I had a feeling it was going to going to be a defensive slugfest to begin with anyway but that game was an utter co- and complete complete waste of time Waste of time. Take a break, get to my Cincinnati Bengals. Coming up right after this. Welcome back to the um, tell like matella podcast. You know, how about... I'm, I'm going to cut right to the chase with this. How about my Cincinnati Bengals? You know, I I know I said they're dead, they're done, they're finished, season's over, not making the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. But, listen. When I, I am willing to... Especially when it comes to being wrong with them. When, it, when it's a positive stuff. of... I have no issues admitting when I'm wrong, and if this team is willing to prove me wrong, and again they could go out there and look like world beaters against against a JV Ravens squad one week and get the brakes beaten off of them and get absolutely humiliated by the Chiefs, you know, and a final score would be thirty-one-three. So I understand that either. And you know and and it would give you know the Cleveland Browns of the world if they can somehow stay afloat and keep Baker Mayfield from turning off of the football, could keep them alive for winning the division, and of course the wild card uh and- and it's, excuse me, of course, the, uh, wild card scenarios in the, in the AFC is, uh, is a complete mess with the Colts and the Dolphins who now currently hold a 7th seed at eight and seven. Hell of a job at them with their seven game winning streak, by the way. You know, it's, it's not, it's not easy winning seven in a row when you began the first half of your season one and seven. It, it could, be, you know, it, you could easily, and I don't mean to get off the beaten path, but you could just as easily, you know, throw in the talents and say, you know what? One in seven halfway through the season. Our season's over. We're not making the playoffs. We're not winning the division. Let's just do the best we can, you know, preserve our roster, try to stay as healthy as we possibly can. You know, see if we can get a decent draft pick. Decent draft pick for next year and and and, and take a breath and regroup and get ready for twenty twenty two. Yeah, it could be so easy to throw in the towel at one in seven, say, you know what, this year ain't our year. We're on to twenty twenty two and give Brian Flores and give the Dolphins tremendous credit. It it, it it takes a a high level of mental toughness and patience to rebound from a 1 and 7 start to win 7 games in a row right after that and go and, and improve to 8 and 7 on the year and currently hold the 7th wild card spot in the AFC. Uh, holding the t- holding the tiebreaker over the Ravens, who they beat head to head back in uh, back in mid November. But anyway, on Veterans Day. But anyway, it's getting off the beaten path. Back to my Cincinnati Bengals. You know, I mean, what an absolute. And I- and another thing too. I did not want to hear a word, not a peep. From and not not from the Ravens because the Ravens you know Harbaugh and the Ravens handled themselves with but for all the Ravens fans and you know who you are who were screaming crying belly on Twitter and all throughout the internet you know after the game on Sunday and I saw all throughout my uh, my feed my timeline all throughout the day on Monday I don't want to hear a Ravens fan say 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 boo. About Joe Burrow standing the game and padding the stats against your against your J against your JV defense in the game on Sunday, I do not want to hear not a peep, not a word, not a murmur, because how soon you Ravens fans forget? Okay, how soon you Ravens fans forget? Let's take the clock back all the way, literally, to the beginning of this calendar year, towards the end of the twenty twenty season. Week 17, January 3rd. Okay, damn near an entire calendar year ago. The Ravens were in a situation, when you're in, they make the playoffs. Okay? winning, you're in, they make the playoffs. The Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow had been lost for, you know, Joe Burrow had been out for over, for had been out for over a month at that point in time. I believe they started... Uh I believe they started Ryan Finley in that game if I'm not mistaken. So Joe Burrow had been uh, had been out. The ra- the Bengals were running on fumes. Okay, we're running on we're running on Brandon uh, Brandon Allen started started this game. Down Finley and they were down Burrow. I mean li- li- listen to the guys they uh, I mean this to the guys they had they had on this roster. I mean they had they had uh Travion they had Travion Williams I mean they I mean they have got, they had guys playing in this game la- they had guys playing in this game back in January who you know who you probably could count on one hand how many times you've seen them in tw- in, in 2021 I mean th- I mean the Bengals what what whatever good talent the Bengals had left on their roster from last season were On IR and lost for the season. The Bengals were 4-10-1 heading into that game. They were down two quarterbacks. Again, Brandon Allen started. And did it stop the Ravens? Did it stop the Ravens when they went out there and beat the stuffing out of the Bengals 38-3? When the game was already out of reach probably early third quarter? Where J.K. Dobbins on 13 carries ran for 160 yards and two touchdowns. And Lamar Jackson on 11 carries ran for 97 yards on the ground and only had eight incompletions throwing the football and threw for three touchdowns in that game. Did Did it stop him? Did it stop the Ravens? Did it stop Greg Roman? Did it stop John Harbaugh? Did I hear a Ravens fan sit up there and say, "Well, no big deal"? Well, you know, don't you know? You have to remember, guys, Lamar Jackson and and J.K.'s stats. You know, they put a little asterisk next to it because they went up essentially against an XFL. Uh, they went up against an XFL roster in a 2020 uh, Cincinnati Bengals, who a are a bad football team, b without their starting franchise quarterback had been without him for about a month. Were on their third-string quarterback, Joe Mixon was on. Uh, Joe Mixon was on IR. AJ Green essentially, you know, was, you know, was the coup de grace for his, uh, you know with his career as a assistant. as a citizen. Then I hear one Ravens fan sit up here and say, "Let's not give Lamar Jackson credit, or let's not give him his." Due first performance against the Bengals in week 17 of 2020 because the Bengals were entered to Helen back and essentially all of their decent skill position players were gone for the season. Did I hear did I hear one Raven say that? And did I hear one Bengals fan complain? The answer is no. The answer is no. And did I, and did I hear a Bengals fan complain? I mean, I, I still see that play on, on a loop. Of Lamar, of Lamar, I forget I forget what linebacker, I think it was Vigil, who I think is now a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Did I, do I, I mean, every single time on a loop, I see that Lamar Jackson run play, that, that, that touchdown run that he had against the Bengals, who were the worst team in football in 2019, who if I remember correctly, I don't think, I don't think, and I, I'm gonna go back and check it just to be just to be just to be sure. But I don't think, and you guys know what game I'm talking about. I don't think the Bengals had yet won a game in, the, in that in that Ravens in that Ravens Bengals game back in 20 back in 2019. You know where Kevin Harlan has the famous, oh he broke his ankles. Now he's got an to rush. and he's got a touchdown. He is! who did he like that that game when when the when the Ravens beat the living stuffing out of the Bengals forty nine to thirteen I was correct they didn't have a win they didn't have a win yet they were zero and eight heading into that game did I did I hear did I hear one Bengals fan complain and did I hear one Ravens fan sit up here and say you know let's let's not give Lamar Jackson the MVP he only you know he only had two incompletions. Thrown the football through for three touchdowns and ha- and had that memorable touchdown run that still two years later gets played on a loop, probably because of how uh, probably because of how uh, of an acrobatic amazing play it was, and then Kevin Harlan's call on top of it made it go viral. Did I hear a word from any Ravens fans saying let's not give Lamar Jackson credit that that doesn't pad his MVP candidacy for twenty nineteen? Off, off, of, off of, off of his performance. Whereas Raven, t- where that Raven team put up damn near 50 points on essentially a JV on a on, on a on, on put dropped 50 points on what was basically a JV a, a JV taxi squad, the worst team in the NFL that season two years ago. Did I hear a word? The answer is no. That I hear any Bengals fans complain? Maybe there was some here and there, but the majority of them, at least the ones I pay attention to on social media, that I hear one call up talks that I hear one. The answer is no. So I don't want to sit up here and listen to the Ravens fan, and again, not Harbaugh and not the Ravens players, because they were they were good about it. They took their lumps. They they took their beating like like uh, like grown men. How you doing? Keep it moving. We're on. We're on to the ramps. But that I hear, but all I heard about was Ravens fans moaning, grunting. Well, we, well, what do you expect? We, you know, we had no secondary. Our second, our defense is injured to hell Beck, back. You know, we're on fuse with the secondary. No, no Marcus Peters. No Marlon Humphrey. Blah, blah 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 blah. All I heard was a whole bunch of excuses. The bottom line is, listen, it's the National Football League. Everybody is dealing with significant injuries at one way or another. Titans gotta go without Derrick Titans have to go go without Derrick Henry. You know, the, 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 the Chiefs were gonna have to go with, go without Clyde Edwards Alaire for the next couple of weeks. They had no Travis Kelsey in the Steeler game on, on in the Steeler game on Sunday. The Bengals had no Logan Wilson, their star linebacker out of Wyoming, who they drafted in the twenty twenty draft. They they didn't have they didn't have him. They didn't have the one of the best offensive linemen that they signed in free agency, Riley Reef. They're without him for the remainder of the. They're without him for the remainder of the season. The, the 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 Seattle Seahawks had to go without Tyler Lockett in the in their game against the Rams last week. I mean, you go all up at, at some at some cases. Now are now are more teams more injured than others? Yes. Have the injury bug bitten teams in more ways than other teams? Yes. But every team, especially every contending team, at one way or another, has had to adjust and had to learn how to play and move on and win football games without some of their best players on their roster because of injury. Rams had to start their season. Now they're, now they're going to get them back this week heading into the Raven game. Rams had to start their season with Cam Akers on IR with the torn Achilles. Start their season without... At that point in time, their best running back on the team. Rams also have to go without Robert Woods for the rest of the season. He tore his ACL the day that about 24 hours after they signed Odell off the streets. Cleveland's dealing with injuries with Baker. Steelers lost Juju Smith, Smith-Schuster for the season. So it's not like that that you know the Ravens are the only team in national football league that's that's been that you know that's dealing with with major injuries with their with their, with their best players on the field. That's not the case now are they more severely compromised because of injuries than other teams are? Yes, but they're not the only team that's dealing with big time injuries and dealing with their best players on the defensive side of the football on i r That's not the case they're not the only ones. They're not. And again, I could also take the Raven fan a little bit more seriously with their gripes and complaints if Burl and since if Burl and Chase didn't go down to Baltimore, you know, two months ago and drop 41 points on the Ravens defense. That was one week removed from shutting out the from shutting out the Chargers. You know, the the the, the Sunday the week you know the week before again against the Chargers at home. And, and every and everybody knows the the off the offensive talent that that Herbert and the, and the Chargers offense brings to the table every single game, and the Ravens and the Raven uh, Herbert had no answers for the Ravens defense that day. Seven days later, defense defense, especially in the second half, couldn't 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 stop a freaking thing. Missed tackles all over the place, blown coverages. So I could also take the Ravens fans seriously if they didn't let Joe Burrow drop 41 points on their head and didn't let Jamar Chase, you know, have over 200 receiving yards in a game in their own building. And I don't want to hear anyone. I don't want to hear moan, groan, moan, and groan about injuries. You still had Marlon Humphreys. Your team was still at that point in time in the season, still relatively fairly healthy for 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 what it was worth. For what it was worth. And it's also hard for me to take for for the, for, you, for me to take to take that uh for to take that complaint seriously because, because because you were one week removed one week removed from shutting you know from shutting down the the, uh, the Chargers and from from shutting down the Chargers and Herbert in your own building and everybody sits up here and tells me that you know when it comes to head to head who's the better quarterback that Herbert is better than Burrow and the and the and the raven and the ravens are only allowed and the ravens uh what do they do and the ravens only only gave up 6 points beat them they beat them 34 to 6 so keep that in mind as well if you're a raven fan kicking and screaming about burrow staying in the game in garbage time making sure you know that he could break boomer's size and single game passing yards record Keep that in mind as well. And also keep that in mind that you guys also, you know, ran ran a. now, I had, now I had to defend Fangio for, for for kicking and screaming and moaning and groaning in the postgame. And I and I was on Harbaugh and on the Ravens side with this back in September, but I'll say it again, or October, whatever month it was, but I'll say it again. You know, you all, you guys are also the same team that, rather than kneeling it and essentially, you know, just taking your win and going home, decided to run a couple of garbage run plays so you so you could get that record of consecutive games with with uh, with with uh, you know with one player, uh, run or was with one player or 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 as a team running for over a hundred rushing for over a hundred yards. Let's not forget that either. How soon we forget bottom line is that the Bengals is that the, the, the out, outside of the january the only game the ravens got of got the best of the Bengals in 2021 was back in week 17 of the 2020 season on january the third take that out the way straight up and down the bank the bangles had the ravens number in the two games they outscored them 82 to 38 and and Joe, and Joe and Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow threw for threw for threw for damn near a thousand yards in two games combined against you. Let's not forget that as well. Five twenty-five passing yards. He finished thirty shy of Norm Van Brocklin's record of the most passing yards in a single game. First player to throw for over 900 yards for nine over 900 yards in two games against a single t- against versus a single team in a season, a record breaking a record previously held by the likes of Montana and Dan Marino. Put some respect on Joe Burrow's name as well. Comeback Player of the Year 2021. Don't at me. Now score the Ravens 82 to 38, sweeping them both. First time the Bengals swept the Steelers and swept the Ravens in the same season since two thousand since two thousand and nine, the, and the first time the Bengals and the uh, and the Bengals also clinched their first winning season with with the the nine wins. Worst they can finish is at nine and eight. With winning nine games, first time that they've won nine or more games since 2015, the last time the Bengals made it to the playoffs. Bengals are also the first team in NFL history. to have a 4,000-yard passer, which Burrow eclipsed on Sunday, a 1,000-yard rusher, and 2,000-yard receivers. All 25 years of age or younger in the same season. Burrow, 41-65. At he turned 25 at the beginning of the month of December. Mix is 25. He threw for he excuse me. He ran for over a thousand yards. 1,159 to be exact. Chase was 21, 1,163 yards uh this season. And T. Higgins, who deserves his flowers as well, 1,029 receiving yards in the game as well on Sunday. And Mark Andrews, you know, who who is just absolutely phenomenal was the best offensive player in the field for the Ravens on Sunday afternoon. First, only time in NFL history with ten or more receptions and hundred plus receiving yards and a touchdown catch in three consecutive games, which is just absolute, which is just absolutely remarkable, remarkable. But I don't want to hear a Raven fan moan and groan and complain. I just, it, it spe- it spe- with me especially, it's going to fall on deaf ears. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to hear it. It's going to fall on deaf ears. When when your team has the, has done nothing but dog walk the Bengals the better part of the last three seasons I don't want to hear it I don't I don't, don't want to hear it Bottom line again and Joe Burrow put it perfectly This isn't Pee Wee This isn't Pop Warner where you know where kids aren't getting paid They're children You're trying to boost their confidence and not getting paid and they're doing this out of, out of the love of the sport. This isn't Pee Wee. This isn't Pop Warner. Where it's sportsmanship, love for the game, and all that other nonsense. Big boys. It's the big leagues. National Football League. You guys are grown men. You get paid to do this. And you get paid to do this as your profession, as your occupation. What pays your bills, pays the mortgages, keeps the roof over your head. You don't, you don't want to get destroyed 41-21 have Joe Burrow th- and, have, uh, and have Joe Burrow throw for 525 pass yards and four touchdown passes. And T. Higgins and Jamar Chase put up over 100 yards receiving. T. Higgins almost put up 200 yards receiving. Don't like it? Find an answer. Okay? Find an answer. Find an answer. Find an answer simply put find an answer don't like it keep him out of the end zone it's that simple the name of the game is to score points I care less about uh, care less about your feelings about uh, about uh, about sportsmanship tell with that this is the nfl grown men the big boys put your big boy pants on buckle your chin strap put your mouth guard in and and, t- and take it like a man Take your ass whooping like a man. Cause many a times the tables were returned and the tables were reversed and the roles were reversed. And the Bengals took, took their defeat, and took their humiliating losses, you know, with their fans. Not not not, not a this isn't a gripe with Harbaugh, the players, this is with the fans. Fans took it. Took it, saw for what it was didn't like it swallow you know swall- swallowed that nasty tasting pill and moved on Ravens fans you know I got to hear We'll we taxi squad guys all of our guys are injured JV squad you, you know what do you what do you want how am I supposed to be impressed cuz cuz the Ravens secondary was tra- I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear it also on the same also because of the fact that this time last year, Burl was 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 just learning how to walk without crutches after his ACL surgery. So that that that, that which is another like separate thing altogether. Another reason why I don't want to hear it either. Cause a year, cause a year ago, around this time. You know, bro. The only 525 bro was put. The only 525 yards bro was was uh, was was Burl was racking up was in was in uh was in physical therapy as far as taking little small baby steps walking back and forth across uh, uh you know across his physical ther across the physical therapist uh you know gym room. Now, again, Bengals is easily laying an egg, and, you know, team, you know, we've seen it plenty of time, you know. They beat the, living, they beat the crap out of the Ravens back in October, 41-17, and then a Mike White game came up shortly after the fact, but, you know. Uh, whole, you know, and and this could this could have easily been a been a trip. Uh, been a tri- been you know, and, and again, Ravens also are competing for something. Bengals, you know, when they were getting destroyed by the Ravens, were the were the worst teams in the National Football League, whose whose, whose playoff hopes you know kissed them goodbye after my mother's birthday. You know, who, playoff hopes playoff hopes were dashed. Once, once the uh, once the uh, MLB regular season was over, Ravens. Although they're injured to Helen back, they the division was on the line for this game. One like the Ravens didn't have anything to play for, or their season was over, or they were tanking for a draft pick. Nonsense. They also had something to play for too, for control control of their own destiny in first place of the AFC North was on the line in this game. Although they were injured, Ravens were eight and six. Heading into this game, not, not, uh, not, not two and 13. Let's be fair. Let's call it like we see it as well on that premise as well. And again, you know, Raven, you know, Bengals historically allergic to prosperity. They can still go out there and lay, and lay a big fat egg against the Chiefs on Sunday. And, you know, I expect their defense to play a little bit better than to allow Josh Johnson, a 35-year-old quarterback who the Ravens signed off the streets, to go out there I you know twenty one points is about you know seventeen points too many, and for the love of God, can somebody please you know find a way to put the clamps and shut down mark andrews please for the for the love of all that is holy and and again, I've read you a stat line wait you know about hundred yards and a touchdown catch one too many. And, you know, the defense has, you know, has played decently this season. It does have its flaws. It was mind-bogglingly horrendous as far as as far as their lack of coverage and lack of stopping uh, George Kittle two weeks ago and Mark Andrew- and against Mark Andrews on Sunday weren't that much better. So I'm shaking in my boots nervous as hell about what Kelsey coming off of the COVID list and Patrick Mahomes and company, you know, are going to have in store against us on Sunday. And again, they could just as easily choke 41-10, and and not show up with the with an opportunity. You know, winning. You're in the playoffs, and you win your division for the first time in six years. But pretty damn good feeling, sweeping the Ravens, sweeping the Steelers in the same season, putting absolute butt whoopings on both teams in three out of the four meetings, like we did. And it feels good for the first time since 2015 to have a winning record, not at this point with 17 game schedule, nine wins or more heading into the new year coming out of the Christmas holiday. Feels pretty damn good. And Joe Burrow put some respect on his name, put some respect on his name. And how many times I got to tell you guys that this, that this receiving core is the best receiving core in the division. How many times I have to tell you guys that? T. Higgins, hell of a draft pick coming out of the second round in 2020, coming out of Clemson. Tyler Boyd's a veteran, been around the block, been around the block a little bit, seasoned veteran with the franchise. There's no scrub, obviously. And Jamar Chase is going to win rookie of the year. At least he should. How many times you gotta tell you guys about this Bengals receiving core? And how and how it's hands down the best receiving core in the division. And Ravens fans. One last thing. Maybe tell Wink Martindale heading in, you know, next time he plays Burrow, whenever it is in 2022. I have no idea, and neither do you for that matter. How about you tell defensive coordinator Wink Martindale to keep his big fat mouth shut, you know, the next time he plays Cincinnati in 2022, and and not poke the bear and get Joe Burrow all riled up and give and give him and Jamar Chase and give that offensive cause to go out there and embarrass your defensive unit a week heading into the game. Burl handled it well. Burl handled it well. handled it handled it excellently in the post game, but he said and he was a thousand percent right. Wink Martindale go out there, going out there and poking the bear and making those comments heading into the game last week, unnecessary, especially knowing when your secondary is running on fumes and your defense is injured to hell and back, and you, you know, your chances of winning that game were slim to none going in. And you go out there and you poke the bear. Now obviously, we all know DeVonte Adams best wide receiver in all of football and uh, he he and Aaron Rodgers the connection between the two of them is the best in the sport, maybe one of the greatest that we've ever seen to the likes of Marvin Harrison and Peyton Manning or and and Brady and Gronk. And we all know Aaron Rodgers is the first ballot Hall of Famer, so I understand kind of sort of where Wink Martindale was coming from, but if you but you don't poke the bear. You don't poke the bear, you don't give your opponent uh extra motivation and bulletin board material especially when you're not heavily favored or expected to to you know to 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 win a game like that going in you just don't do it keep your mouth shut how you doing keep it moving and make sure that you know next time you play joe burrow and the Bengals that they don't drop 40 41 points against you again how about Ravens fans telling Wink keep keeping his mouth shut heading into the next Ravens Bengals game in 2022? Because that also played a part in it. Part of, played a part in the Burrow being out there as late in the game as he was as well. Let's not forget that either. On to Kansas City for my Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, sir. Another episode of the Amitelic TIS podcast in the books. Like what you heard. New to the program, please subscribe if you haven't already. Follow the show on Twitter at Amitel underscore at TIS and show on Instagram at Amitel underscore podcast and yours truly on Twitter at The J Shield and yours truly on Instagram at The J Shield. Say a quick prayer for yours truly and get in touch with uh, Facebook. See if yours truly can get its Instagram account back, which was hacked on Monday. But I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Y'all stay safe. Talk to you New Year's Eve. See ya.